With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Don't forget to vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards from the link in our bio. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Delighted to be joined by uh, Jack Cattrall, who's uh, had quite the week. Well, it's not even been a week yet, but you've had quite the week. How are you feeling, first of all? Yeah, I'm all right, Coog. Uh, been a crazy couple of days since Saturday. Emotions have been up and down, but I'm quite fortunate. I've got good family and friends and they've kept us right, so it's getting easier. Uh, nothing's going to change Saturday now, so it's about making the future worthwhile and uh, turning it into a positive. But, I mean, we'll come on to the actual, actual fight uh, in a bit, but... When when the twelfth round was complete, what did you think when you were standing there? What do you remember kind of, you know, when all the teams in the ring and, you know, Jamie and Nigel, you're all in now. What what were you thinking that was like decision wise was gonna play out? Did you think in your head there's no way I can lose this fight or not be given this fight? Is that what you thought? Yeah, as a fighter, you're in the ring and you you know you've got a feeling. Uh <laughs> In certain fights that I've had in the past, I've, I've looked at Jamie and maybe you give a round away and you're asking him for his feedback. In that fight, I felt that comfortable, Coog. I was, there was not a single doubt in my mind that I'd won the fight. I thought I'd won it by a mile and so did a lot of other people. Uh, when that 12th bell went, I went to cloud mine. I was, I was over the ring. You've seen the reaction. Nigel got us on his shoulders. My girlfriend climbed the ring. Jamie and everybody was we'd just done the impossible that everybody wrote us off. We absolutely nailed it. And then <clears throat> from being up here to listening to the scorecards and then not getting my hand raised, it was like, whoosh, just a mix of emotions. <laughs> um, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about kind of stuff relating to, to Josh Taylor that's come in the aftermath of, of, of his win. But 
in the immediate post-fight, Josh Taylor reacted almost immediately by saying that he believed he, you know, he won that fight. Okay. Now, I've never heard a fighter, if they believe that they're in a close fight, ever say that no, the other fight lost. So do you blame Josh for having that reaction immediately after the fight that he believed he won that fight? No questions asked. Do you do you blame Josh for having that kind of mentality straight after a fight? No, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I've no I've no feelings toward Josh, good or bad. Uh we got in the ring and I said before the fight, I'll be the first to shake his hand after the fight. I think Tony Bellew put it right, saying 36 minutes of getting punched in the face, hitting the floor. Uh, your emotions are all over the place. You put a camera in his face. But I do believe if you look at his body language and you look at his body language in the, the post-fight press conference, he doesn't believe that. He's trying to convince himself. And as a fighter, as a proud man, you're never going to admit defeat no matter what. So. I know, I know it'll have been hard for Josh, but I do believe he doesn't believe what he's been saying. Have you watched the fight back? I'm assuming you have watched the fight back. How soon have you watched the fight back? I've not Googled it. Come on in the hotel lobby on Sunday morning before we set back off home. Uh, my girlfriend's watched it. Everybody's watched it, but I've not brought myself to sit down yet and watch it. I've been that busy and emotional and... <clears throat> Lauren's been back at work since Monday. I've had the baby all week, so it's been like, uh, been non-stop. But uh, I will get around to watching it over the next couple of days. Well, I mean, my understanding... I, I don't watch it for, for justification because I know I won the fight. So I, I mean, I could sit down and try and score it myself. I'll only be biased anyway, but I know I won the fight. So, I mean, what am I watching it for? I'll just watch it. Maybe when I get back in the gym next week to see what I can improve on even more. <laughs> My, I mean, look, my understanding of defining a close fight is one or two rounds, yeah? When it's one or two rounds, that is what I would say, okay, that, that's what I deem as a close fight. When we creep into three, four and beyond, that now becomes into a different category of not being a close fight, as in that fight is in who has favour. Now, I know you made some comments because, and we'll talk about, kind of the bulls attitude as well uh, with Robert Smith, uh, who's made some comments, who, who has said that that was a close fight and they're investigating. I wanted to just come make comment on the whole situation regarding the board. I know you have already made comment on that. But yeah. You're yeah, of course. I'm disgusted. Uh, Robert Smith coming to the dressing room post-fight and he had the audacity again to come up to us and say, post-fight, and he got told to leave the dressing room quite promptly. Uh, I think Rob's just trying to cover his back. Uh, he's got an agenda, obviously. Like you said, a close fight is one or two rounds. It wasn't a close fight. Uh, I'm quite upset with Rob. I got a call on Monday off Rob. I got the call log. It lasted 32 seconds. It was, uh, I think it was more his conscience, just making sure that it. It rang me, but there was no heartfelt messages in it, or there was no concern in his voice. He just waited to call me, and he hung the phone up after thirty seconds. Uh, and the fact that the British Boxing Board are going to investigate themselves—I I can't wrap my head around it. My girlfriend works in HR, and she's worked for a lot of big companies. But it, I mean, 
it just fucking confused me. How, how the fuck do you investigate yourselves? There's only going to be one. So I don't even know. <laughs> well, look, I, you know, listen, I'll kind of add to that. We're, when we've seen previous um, occurrences where that term has been used, we, uh, to my knowledge, we've never really seen kind of a, a take action outcome, you know, um, which is satisfying where everyone's thinking, okay, at least the board or whoever have done that and, you know, they've taken action and they've actually done something about that to a, to a point where everyone's uh, satisfied. So I you don't... Ask questions, Rob, and is everything he's just done in a roundabout way. I mean, he's not given a clear answer. The only clear answer he's given is the decision will not be overturned. I mean, so in my eyes, he's already made his mind up. He pulled uh, Victor Laughlin, Ian John Lewis, Howard Foster, bring them into the, to the British Boxing Board office have a chat with them. They won't do nothing. And that's it. Investigation done. <laughs> and then not only investigation done, my future done. <laughs> the card that got everyone talking, obviously on a, on a split, was the 114-111 from, uh, from Ian John Lewis. So <coughs> your, your thoughts on that score? Three rounds there to... Josh Taylor. Absolutely disgusting. Not a single person in the country but Josh, the referee. I think Ben's even changed his tune a little bit now and said the fight were closer than they had it. Uh, yeah, just absolutely shocking. When the first scorecard got out, I felt it was still way off. But it was in my favour. I just knew straight away. They've read that scorecard first, and then the second one come in, and my heart just drops. I just thought, "Wow!" And we I spoke about it uh, yesterday, the day before. You shouldn't be in the mind frame of having to be. I went up to Scotland to face to face Josh, pound for pound, undisputed champion. But I shouldn't be under the impression that I've got to. I've got to win it by a country mile to take the champion's belt. So I should just be able to win the fight. I do go and win it by a country mile and still don't get it. <laughs> the fact that obviously immediately after the fight as well, um, obviously Josh and his team indicated out there that this was most likely to be Josh's last fight at 140. So that meant the opportunity for you to rematch him if you wanted to would not be in the same circumstances of an undisputed tag, which is a big thing because I'm sure that if Josh was remaining at the weight and you did have a rematch lined up in the next three or four months, it would soften the blow that you'll get a second chance to claim all them belts. But the fact is, if you do rematch Josh now at 147, then it's not going to be in the same circumstances. Yeah, they, they stole the moment from me Saturday. No matter what, what gets done now, I'll never get it back. And then the fact that Josh has now said that was his last fight one for you, it's like zero to no chance. But I do believe Josh will have got home and maybe after some time. I mean, we've seen it on Twitter and his comments after the weigh-in. And there's certainly something post, so this is the best I've felt. At 140 easy, 140 for the rest of my career. Suddenly he's changed his mind to that, but... Uh, yeah, he was the first to come out and uh, the day before the fight, he caught me coming out the lift. He said, all right, fat boy, 
we all seen how he looked coming off the scales. He didn't look in the best condition. Uh, now, whether that is, it is hard for him to do the way. Uh, he's not been as disciplined in camp. We know the fight, the fight got postponed. And since he'd become undisputed, he's probably been enjoying himself and he's earned that right too. But uh, I still do believe he can do 140, but we'll see. Moving forward for you now, I know it's only not been that long, but I'm assuming that you still want, I mean, the, the chance to have a shot at the undisputed is is looking unlikely, but is your plan now just to go for one of the belts at least, first of all, if they're getting freed up by Josh moving up? Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts at the moment. Uh, I've been on the phone every day. <laughs> there's that much to consider. It's kind of hard to wrap my head around it. Uh, I've been instructed a lawyer who, who's working with us. Uh, we're in conversations with the governing bodies, the boxing board are getting investigated. Uh, there is a lot of moving parts, but I've been home with my family. I'm a fighting man and I've said, look, it's not going to, that's what I know how to do is to fight. So regardless of what happens, I will fight again. I've had a good rest. I've had four days at home. I've not been out the house much. Uh, I'll be back in the gym next week and I just want to get out in quick in quick fashion. No, whether Josh vacates the belts this week, next week, we'll see. Uh, regardless of that, I've said to my managers, I want to fight in the next couple of months. So uh, that, that will give me some focus. Yourself and Josh um, are both advised by... Uh, Daniel Kinahan and looking back at all kind of what's been said um, on social media etc um, there's been a few suggestions that kind of corruption and foul play from from Daniel Kinahan uh, in his involvement I mean look I know Daniel Kinahan well as do you Jack uh, has done great things while he's been involved in boxing um, as we know but there has been suggestions. Yeah, I'll squash that that straight away. I signed with MTK and was advised by Daniel probably five years ago now. And it was only the week before the fight. I messaged him to say I wouldn't be in this position without his advice. Uh, I don't believe I'd be fighting still because boxing is full of that many snakes and rats and people that uh, are not a man of the word. I'd like to think I wouldn't have been still fighting people taking the piss out of us. And since signing with MTK and Daniel, he's always delivered. He's never anything he's ever said. He's never not uh, delivered for us. So, I mean, to say that the corruption lies with him, I believe he's wrong. I think the focus needs to be on the judges, the boxing board and the promoters. I mean, to be fair, Daniel Kinahan gets blamed for everything anyway in boxing, whenever it's anything like this. But when I suppose he's representing two fighters at this level for such a big fight, in your head, is there a conflict of interest there because he's advising you and Josh or do you just have your own relationship and your soul trust into, into Daniel? 
Yeah, the trust is there. I think there is, you do have a slight concern. You're advising two fighters. Uh, I always knew that was going to be the case after after Josh signed with MTK. And we've certainly had conversations about it and a potential fight that we've now had. But I think when when you've spent time with somebody and you've had conversations and you see how they, they treat other people, you kind of get an understanding of how they are. Uh, and yeah, there is no doubt in my mind that I've been treated uh, by Daniel Furley and I don't think the the finger should be pointed at him. Uh, he's, he's told me the conversations he's had with myself and, well, sorry, his conversations he's had with Josh and I believe he's very open when he does explain stuff. And I'm assuming for your career moving forward, um, obviously Daniel kind of manoeuvring you into this position uh, we know you kind of allowed that fight with um, uh, Josh and Ramirez to happen. I'm assuming you've got full confidence moving forward that whatever it is, you'll get a shot again. I mean, like I said, the four belts is is whatever that is, but you to become world champion, I'm assuming that you'll have full confidence in Daniel Kinahan to get you that. Yeah, I've got I've got the confidence in me, my fighting ability, uh, first and foremost, and uh, that along with having Daniel's advice, uh, Jamie Moore, Nigel Travis and Asim as my coach, I believe that we do go on and we win world titles. Uh, we might not get a shot at all four belts again, but I'll certainly do my best to, to collect them one by one. Um, the other thing I wanted to obviously touch on as well, you, you know, you would have seen on social media um, <coughs> the the abuse and, and, and death threats that, Josh Taylor and his uh, wife-to-be, Danielle, have been getting, which I'm sure you'll find as disgusting as anything, that people are, are kind of going that route to, to abuse Josh and Danielle over the back of a result that was not, in, not even in Josh's hands. So I uh, just wanted you to make comment on that, Jack, really. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, we had a chat with the management yesterday. Uh, <clears throat> Lauren had all the threats. Poor, uh, before the fight uh, she's been getting bombarded at work on a personal mobile Instagram Twitter Facebook uh, coming up to Scotland getting threats we come up there with the baby so it was quite it was disturbing uh, now Lauren's not had threats after the fight but we certainly had got them at the public workout in certain places and so I know how it feels and then since hearing about the messages Danielle's been getting and Josh. Like you said, it's out of their hands. It's not, it's taking the focus away from the issue at hand, which is the corruption in the sport. Uh, it's turning the attention to Josh and I have no feelings towards Josh. Uh, end of the day, we get in the ring, we're taught to fight, we're not taught to, to make decisions around boxing. So I find it disgusting uh, and again, it's just taking the focus away from the issue that we as the public uh, boxing people are trying to address. The, obviously, the, your team, especially with, with Nigel and, and um, Jamie, they would have kind of been there after you kind of feeling how you did, they'd be the next ones. They've been very kind of vocal to Nigel Travis immediately after kind of voicing uh, his opinion. Um, you know, what, what's been the conversations with them uh, over the last sort of two or three days since fight night? Yeah. Uh, 
have been on the phone non-stop to Jamie and Nigel. They've been brilliant. Uh, they were very vocal, as we all, everyone else has been. I mean, it was a big opportunity. Not, and I said it's not. It wasn't just for me. It was for me team, the family. So you can imagine how how burnt their heads are. But th- there's just been a lot of support, I guess. Uh, they were vocal, but again, they've been vocal about where the problem lies. I don't think they've disrespected anybody. Uh, and they just want us back in the gym. I said to them, have a couple more days at home, back in the gym, and uh, we'll, we'll keep pushing. So, is the plan now just to kind of a little bit of time out, assess and see what happens regarding, like I said, whether belts do become vacant and kind of just plotting your next move, basically? Yeah, I'm, I'm under the assumption that nothing's going to be dealt with uh, anytime quick and our letters and lawyers and emails they, they take a while to respond to so I can't waste my time waiting for a decision or an outcome or just this I don't believe I'm going to get it so <clears throat> it's up to me now to, to turn all this into a positive I'm going to get back in the gym next week I'm going to enjoy some nice food over the weekend uh, some time with the family get back in the gym uh, and whilst all the other stuff's going on in the background I'll, uh, I'll work towards a fight there. The publicity you have been getting is kind of the, the publicity you, you never wanted. You never wanted to be in this position where you were getting that kind of publicity you've had. Everyone's had their opinion regarding it. And like I said, it's not directed at Josh. It's directed kind of at the decision on the night. But is there right now, are you thinking that there are any positives to take from Saturday night? Right now? There aren't any positives to take, but I can certainly make it a positive uh, by the way I handle the next couple of weeks and months. If I go under a rock, uh, I've certainly done myself no justice, but if I, uh, if I keep proving that I'm the best £140 fighter, then I know that I've done myself justice. Okay. Well, listen, I appreciate your time this uh, Thursday morning. Um, have you got anything else you'd like to add before we finish? Yeah, I'd just like to, to thank the people that have supported us. There were thousands to come up to Scotland. The town's got behind us. They've, they've renamed the pub after us. Uh, my family and my friends, they've all been there. So it's it's kind of bittersweet. I'd love to be out celebrating with everybody. Uh Obviously, I've not felt like that, but the thousands of messages, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, I've seen them. I might not reply to everybody, but I felt them all and I'm very grateful for the support that everyone sent. Okay. Well, Jack, thank you very much for uh, giving IFL time as always. Um, thank you very much. No problem. Um, yeah, like I said, take a rest, assess your next move and uh, go again. Will do. Thank you very much. You have a good day. Top man. Thank you very much, Jack. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the IFL TV podcast, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. 
products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.